0: It was a fly in the car that kept landing on her nose that wouldn't let her sleep anymore. Well, the fly and the fact that the car had stopped. Lorelai tried to move, but she was wedged uncomfortably up against the door by Jake's snoring, drooling, 250-plus pound frame that was in desperate need of a shower and some breath mints. Rather than trying to wake this sleeping mess of a man, she quietly pulled up the door lock and slid out the back right passenger door, leaving Jake and the fly all by themselves in the back seat steadying herself she walked over to nigel who was sitting on the hood of the car trying to stay warm as he looked at the sunrise not a car in sight where are we she asked 10 miles from lincolnton georgia nigel said through the afghan he had wrapped around his head and mouth huh i used to date a guy from mccormick not too far from here why'd you stop here didn't mean to i got tired of listening to the scanner so i turned it off and just started driving I started dreaming with my eyes wide open. I don't remember seeing a road sign or speed limits or anything. When I snapped out of it, I was passing a sign saying, Welcome to Lincolnton. Something came over me just then. I don't know. Maybe because it was Lincolnton? Town of Lincoln? You know, Lincoln freed the slaves? Yeah, 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 I got it. Where are you going with this, she asked. I don't know. I got to thinking, Nigel. You don't have to run anymore. You're free. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Puck Fortland. Uh, This next episode you're going to hear is with a local Portland legend, Chuck Barber. Chuck and I got together and did a uh, live broadcast that you can find on Puck Fortland's YouTube page. We're just starting to try to get into live streaming over here and just get some video up and sort of our first practice. We did a little backyard. So if you want to check that out, go to Puck Fortland's YouTube page and subscribe and uh, check out the the live stream that we have posted from a week ago. Chuck is a percussion player and a drummer, and we met walking around the North Portland neighborhood. We have a lot in common as far as dogs, um, great conversation. He's just a super great guy. And it turns out Chuck was in the band War, which if you know anything about music, this was this amazing band. Uh, Chuck's got a great story about how that started, and... You know, we just got to rapping and talking about music and percussion. And I was able to get him to come over here for the podcast. And it was nice to have a conversation with him about his past. He's a war veteran. He is a musician. And he's also an author. And his new book is called Endangered Species. So you can email Chuck. You can find Chuck Barber on Facebook, C-H-U-K-B-A-R-B-E-R. Check out Endangered Species page, or you can email Chuck at drchuk60 at gmail.com. And Chuck's handling all his own distribution. Chuck is handling it all himself. So email Chuck, get this book. The little expert you heard was uh, a section in the book that I read. I'm really enjoying this book. I can't really put it down and a little background of it. You know, this is <clears throat> Chuck Barber. You know, Let me just read the back of the book for you guys. So it might help you out. Chuck Barber, a member of the 70s and 80s funk soul Latin group or presently touring under the name Lowrider Band. Oh yeah, Lowrider Band is his, uh, his new band. And he explains that in the, in the podcast. And it's the first time, he's a first time author and has written a wonderful story entitled Endangered Species. This book is cool, actually. It's a story of a black man who fought to survive under extraordinary conditions and for his right to live his life the way he wants it to be. The main character, Nigel Jackson, is a U.S. Marine stationed in Antarctica on the other side of the world. A disastrous event has occurred that leads to the mass destruction of African citizens, reported worldwide as African Extinction. Finding out that he is the last of his race, he has to find sanctuary somewhere he can be saved from all those who wish him harm, including some in the U.S. government that want to subject him to inhuman experience to find out the reason of his survival. Added by his childhood companion, Jake and a woman of strong conviction, Lorelei, the strange trio must band together and devise a plan to get Nigel to a safe place and keep him safe. This is a story about the power of friendship and overcoming insurmountable odds. It will make you laugh, cry, and cheer them on to succeed in their quest. Once you start reading, you won't put this book down. It's true. Guys, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Puck Fortland Podcast. I hope you enjoy this episode with my friend, Chuck Barber.
1: Hi, this is Chuck Barber, and you're listening to the Puck Fortland Podcast i a in One two, two, two. Here to talk about my book, Endangered Species. And anything else you want to talk about? Wanna talk about war and how they lost their name, became the lowrider band, we can talk about that.
0: But yeah. Airplane. Oh yeah, that's right. You got Some outdoor noise. You got your friend Fifi. Um I think we're doing good. I think I think it's working. Okay. I gotta I got it to work. Okay. Chuck. Cool. What's up, neighbor? How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm okay. glad we're making this happen. This has been every time I see you, I'm like, I gotta get over here. Yeah, it's like
1: yeah, yeah, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: It's a real honor to have you over. Chuck Barber, correct? Yes sir. You, is that your? Is it Charles? No, my dad's name is
1: Charles. I mean, yeah, officially it's Charles. But when I was a little kid, I'd go to work with my dad, and you know, uh, all the guys would come up to me and they'd go, "Oh, is this little Charlie Jr.?" And they'd like rub me on the top of the head and stuff. Man, I used to hate that shit. So I was like, so one day I was flipping cards with my friends. I don't know if you remember flipping baseball cards for colors. Oh, we were flipping. This is a '60s ref. '60s reference. Okay. Okay. And so, anyway, so we were flipping cards for colors, and one of the baseball cards turned f- face up, and this guy's name was Charles Taylor, and he signed it Chuck. So Chuck, the guy that they named the, the sneakers after, right? Oh, okay. Okay. And so I was like, "Oh shit, you could do that? You could be." So I'm Charles. I could be Chuck, and I was like, "So I went in the house the next day. My mom called me. My middle name is Michael." And she called me, and she said, Michael, we have dinner. Michael, didn't you hear me talking to you? I was like, I'm no longer Michael. I am Chuck now. She's like, boy, if you don't get your ass to that table. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I was Chuck, I've been Chuck ever since. Right on. Yeah.
0: Well, tell me about um, one thing I, that I wanted to get you over here, the long history of your, your music. Uh, that's how we met, sort of walking the dogs, your dog lover, animal lover. Uh, Avid, yes. yeah. Um so I do want to touch base, you know, about your history with, with some of the music. But uh, when I saw your book come out, came out this this week, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the oh second oh.
1: edition. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Tell so. me a little bit about it.
1: Well, the book is entitled uh, "Endangered Species." Um, when I was r- about fourteen, my mother um, took me to go see a play by Douglas Turner Ward, uh, a black author and playwright called The Day of Absence, uh, around 1965, right right in there. And so, um, and it was about, it was a satirical piece about uh, a small southern town where everybody kept complaining about their black help and just black people in general and, you know, you wish that they would all go away and, you know, what do we need them for or whatever. And then the next morning they woke up and then they all the black people had gone. And so after their 15 minutes of celebration, they started, okay, well, that, this is great. We're going to have a great day. Let me go to um, uh, to drop off my kids at the... Oh, wait a minute. They're not there anymore because that was Ethel and she was black and all the black people are gone. Okay, well, we'll figure out something else. Maybe I can take her over to the... Well, no, and the guy was going to cut the grass today. He's, so like all the service people, everybody who did everything in this small southern town had disappeared. And now, you know, they were like in a panic. And then they started reflecting upon the people that were missing, uh, who, you know, they came in contact with on a daily basis or work for them. And then they started reflecting and say, well, you know, oh, Bill, he wasn't such a bad guy, you know, that, you know, and then then they went to, like, from that to, like, oh, I wish they were back, I wish they were here, you know. So it went from this total reversal, you know, as they became more and more reflective on their relationships with all these different people that, you know, uh, they got over that, that inculcated mindset that, you know, whites are better and, you know, blacks are inferior and that kind of stuff, and then when they actually, Got away from the party line and got a chance to reflect uh, on their interpersonal relationships. They found out that you know they had they they liked the, these people. You know they they had uh, a lot in common with them. You know, you know some of them they, they felt they couldn't live without. You know so um, and then of course the next day, uh, like I said, it's like a dream, like a a, a satirical dream. And then the next day, the black people returned, and then all the white people in town treated them so much better, with more respect, and you know stuff like that. Well, anyway, I was like, yeah, 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 all that political stuff. The thing that stuck with me when I was 14 years old was how could all the black people disappear? I mean, it's just impossible. How, how could they all go away? And for some reason, that stayed with me forever. I, I would always go back to that one, you know, question. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was quantum physics no. <laughs> or what it was, but I mean, it was the 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 one scenario that just I could never get out of my mind. And so, uh, about 15 years ago, um, I got this vision in the middle of the night about writing a book, and you know how I got it. You know, it's like. Yeah, it's like, you know, 40 years later, all of a sudden, you wake up and like, aha, mm-hmm. I got it. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I figured it out. I figured out how that could happen. And so I started putting pen to paper and started writing down all my thoughts and stuff. And eventually uh, Endangered Species was born. And the book is... Um, you want me to keep going or did you have any questions? Yeah,
0: That's yeah, I mean, give, don't, give, don't give the book away for sure for well, people I, who are listening, you know, like, you don't want to give them, give, spoil it for them. But
1: No, I'm not going to yeah. give them a spoiler.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah,
1: but but what I will say is that so uh, endangered species is that premise that uh, there was a, a catastrophe that turned into a contagion that attacked people who had the greatest propensity for creating melanin in their skin, i.e., all people from Africa, yeah. you know, yeah. black and brown people. Yeah. Um, uh, and so it ravaged the entire black and brown population. And then uh, there was one brother who was in the Marine Corps; it was stationed in Antarctica in a uh, weather observation station which actually those are military installations for in case somebody wants to shoot a rocket or over the pole you know they're like first responders or, or that kind of stuff so it's a dual purpose why they're there and so he's in his weather observation station and so as this contagion pandemic sort of situation is going on he's below the ice in antarctica whatever and whatever's in the air, he's getting minute parts of it. And then when it's time, so this goes on for about almost two years. And by the time he's ready to be discharged, when it's time for him to go home, he comes above ground and finds out that he's the only brother left left, left on Earth. Or so, or so they think. Yeah.
0: yeah. Endangered species. Yeah. That's pretty great. So you have You have any aspirations to write more? Or is that like? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I mean there, there, the is a,
1: there is a going to be an endangered species too. Oh, cool. Yeah, cause, um, yeah, cause we'll we'll hint about that or we'll throw a teaser out there later. Yeah. But like I said, you know, he's the last person on, last black person on, right? or so they think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. You were in the military. How long did you serve for? Uh, four years. Do you do you expect people to say like "thank you for your service"? You know, like when you get that a lot from people, or or what how, what does that make you feel like when people say that?
1: You know, it's the job. Yeah. You know, it's the job. It's so, I mean, it's nice to hear. It's, it's better than being spit on. Yeah. You know,
0: nineteen, the
1: sixties, early seventies. You know, with all the protests and stuff like that. They, they mix politics with, with hu- humanity or individuality. And then so person doing their job, you know, um, you, you get called out for. It. So kind of, you know, I'm not equating it, Well, in, in this aspect, maybe I will, like the person who wears the uniform is also an individual.
0: Yeah, yep. Yep.
1: And so they're doing a job, you know. Um, You know, police get it all the time. You know, some of them is is definitely justified because, you know, you're shooting unarmed people. Yeah. You know, the job that you have in the military is that if they point a gun at you, just be quicker. You know. Um, So, but yeah, I guess, like I said, it's better than being spit on.
0: Yeah. And that was happening when you were coming back, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> is there any way we can uh, possibly just check your uh, I think what I'm hearing is a little bit is your shirt's rubbing when you move. Oh. You want me to move that, that? Yeah, I'll just pull this up just a little bit. A little technical difficulties Yeah, right there's perfect. That way we should it. Yeah. Perfect. Um yeah, well is that still happening? You know, or that's it seems like that was big in the 60s because there's like there's a huge social, mo- social movement of stop the war. So do you think like what was what was the point like why did you guys get villainized? Yeah. that they would spit on you?
1: America is a corporation with an army. Corporation has a president, we got a president. Corporation got a vice president, a treasurer, we got all that. Yeah. People keep talking about democracy. It's not a democracy. No. It's a republic, at best. And it's not a well-regulated republic at that, you know. Um, nobody... People just love to be included in, sh- in shit. Without really thinking about the consequences or without really thinking about the issues what is really the issue hi sweetie so you have evangelical christians and all of a sudden this is the most prevalent religious group on you know in Iraq. the country yeah, yeah in, in the country but they don't really Again, this is this is hysteria. Nationalism tied in with religion. It's all so that you can justify taking advantage of other people for your own self-interest, for glee, greed. It's gluttony, is what it is. Every move that's ever been made has all been about money, about gaining wealth, and basically, The richest people, just like the kings, in all the feudal systems, right, took advantage Mm -hmm. of the workers. Mm -hmm. So you got Bezos, richest man, he's not paying any taxes. Nobody at the top pays taxes. No. It's all on the burden on the little people, on the worker bees, okay? And that's the the feudal system, okay? Um, And so that's what we have here. And it's never going to get any better they they need serfs.
0: why would they change Th- that's it?
1: That's exactly. why would they change it? So here's something I want to throw out to all them evangelical Christians and all those right wingers and skinheads and all that bullshit. you know um, first of all, you, you thump the Bible, but you you don't read it and you use it for everything, as the hammer for everything. So, reading without understanding is useless. And I will just throw out one simple passage as (coughs) my example. (coughs) Everywhere you go, there's pictures of Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white-faced Jesus everywhere. Even in black churches, uh, they have that same dumb picture. Which is contrary to what's in the book that people thump and throw in your face. Because it claims, because it's a great history book, that the story goes that an angel came to Joseph and said, take your wife and your newborn son and go into Egypt and hide. Well, part of the problem with evangelical Christians of America is because they've never been anywhere. They never go anywhere. And if they went to Egypt, they would know that there are black-skinned people in Egypt. So how can a white-skinned, blue-eyed, blonde-haired baby and his parents hide in a dark-skinned country? The angel said, hide. That means to disappear without detection. So how is that possible for white-skinned people to hide in a dark-skinned country and not be detected? So they absolutely don't understand what it is they're reading, but they're the first ones to throw this book in your face and try yeah. to defend everything that's in there.
0: Well, in a sense, they just believe in like the, how it's been rewritten or how it's been retold. Nobody really even goes in and researches it.
1: It's a narrative. Yeah. It's a narrative. Yeah, It's a, it's a you know, and, and every side, okay, so you have the Americans who are praying to God for victory and you had the Germans who are praying to God for victory who's God listen to yeah it's
0: a great story but when do you think people are like like that awakening of people that are going to the masses are going to be like what do we Courtney and I had this discussion yesterday about or this past weekend being Easter and what it represents and what we're going to do with family and you know we want to see family we love our family um, Some of our family are super, like, Catholic, you know, and a lot of times there's, like, a a prayer and people are holding hands and, um, you know, saying nice things like bless, you know, bless the family and stuff. But there's always that intuition or the, um, they're always representing, or using the names, like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, thank you, Lord. But we sort of come from a place where we're, like, we've, like looked into like the nature aspect of like what is Easter like what did like people way back in the day study Easter like where did some of that come from was the nature like this solar system and the spring coming in and the rebirth of like spring and what that represented it's like more of a nature base rather than like some dude and we we get you know we we're like do we bring that conversation up and you try to have those conversations but the more you try to be like hey well I think this maybe what do you think it really becomes with some people who are very stout thumpers of like no 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 like that's that's definitely not it and you're like well it's, it's how is it definitely what you're talking about too like explain your end a little bit so maybe I get a better understanding but there seems to be when is everybody gonna realize that it is. Is it real? You know?
1: Well, you know, the early-day followers of Christ never called themselves Christians. Right. And they never had Bibles.
0: Right. It was just a way of being, right? Okay.
1: Help me. Here's one thing I do know about human beings. First of all, in the history of the earth, there has never been a regime change or a change in ideology without violence. True. And second of all, everybody's talking about this kumbaya moment. You know, this is what we're hoping to get to. This is, and, and again, I love the story. I, lo- I love the imagery of everybody holding hands and, you know, "kumbaya"ing it up, you know. And that's cool. But the reality of the situation, of the history of man, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a doomsday person, I'm just trying to be a realist. I, I expect what's been shown to you, what's been given to you. I mean, that's how, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, like a dog. You smack a dog every time the dog sees you, the dog. You call the dog. He's coward, because he he gets punishment every time you call his name or, or that kind of stuff. You know. I mean, it's 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 action reaction. You know. So this tome called the Bible, Dead Sea Scrolls, all that included, had many more books than it, it, in the Bible now. After the council of Nicosia and, and King James got finished shitting all over it and taking out what they wanted, and sticking in what they wanted, stuff to justify their position. You know, uh, the reference to God having a personal name was in there over 4,000 times. And he took it out, and, and now it only exists in there four times. And so every other reference to the creator of God, what have you, Is my Lord. Now, the mind screw in that piece is that they call the King my Lord. My Lord is my Savior, I shall not want. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about the King all the time, you're not thinking about God so much as you are the King. Or maybe God is the King. Or maybe the King is God. Yeah. You see. Yeah. So that was a total con job, you know. But here's the thing about the book. Here's the history about the book. Here's the reality of humanity. After all those other books even were taken out, and you get down to what you have. Uh, book of Enoch, Jacobeys, all, 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 uh, um, all, all of those are all taken out. So, But even what, what you're left with. Got a thousand-page document which goes from the creation, God's idea of a universe and an earth, to what's gonna eventually happen in the future. So you're in those thousand pages. By the time you get to page 10, you already have deceit, disloyalty, um, distrust and murder. By the time you get to page, page ten, 10 <laughs> and we have not advanced since page ten, 10. of the Bible. Yep. Humanity has not moved forward since page ten of the Bible. So if we haven't gotten any further, and this, and, and man has been on Earth way longer than six thousand years, that's that's yeah. a bunch of bullshit. But for this period of time that we've been here, we've never gotten any better. In fact, we've gotten worse. Cause you know, I mean, Cain killed Abel, but he didn't have a baby to rape, you know, or molest, or all the other th- sick things that the people are doing, you know, uh, you know, bestiality, all that other kind of stuff. You yeah. know, you still got people doing that today. Oh yeah. So, where is this sudden, advanced consciousness that everybody's going to receive all at one time and make them stop doing this, the the dumb, crazy shit that they've been doing for over six thousand years? When is that moment? When does that happen?
0: I mean, I would say it's an individual choice, but then there's just too many people doing too many. Th-
1: Bruh, yeah, it doesn't. Here's happen. the deal. Okay, this is kind of like. This is kind of like what's happening in the music community. Okay. So you have all these, you have some really really good bands who uh, are killer players, and you know deserve whatever money they're asking for because they deserve it because you know. Killer players are killer players because they've studied their craft, they rehearse, they're constantly in rehearsal mode, in learning mode. You know, so they're a student of the game. So that needs to be rewarded. I mean, you reward basketball players, you know, for uh, excelling at what they do, and baseball players and football players and stuff. Should do the same thing with musicians because we work just as hard. Okay. Um, but you have these, these, some of these bands who are fantastic, have great players. But then you have some shitty bands, brand new bands, whatever, people you know, maybe know Three Progressions, whatever, are going in a bar, and the bar is paying them the same amount of money that they're paying this really, really good band. And you tell the other bands, dude, you stop playing for that little bit of money because now that's all the bar owner is willing to pay. But you can't right. get everybody... You can't get all those bands all on the same, they're not going to stop doing it. They want to get out there. So you have some people who deserve something, and then you got some other people who are unwilling to stop what they're doing so that the people who deserve more could get more. And so, and if they start working for l- low bits of money, then maybe everybody could get what they wanted. But everybody's got to be united everybody's got to be together everybody's got to be on the same page everybody's got to all want the same thing and that does not happen
0: because yeah, people will just play for any anything people are selfish you know, and to and what and f- in order for you guys to get out to play i mean you still got you're still gonna play so how's that I'm going? No, yeah, let's well, talk about i'm you. not
1: i'm not playing for no money
0: no, 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 not, no, you know, no
1: I'm not yeah, uh I'm just not gonna do it,
0: I mean, in a little history about your um musical experience and your background you you've been playing for a long time, you're a percussionist yes. drummer, yes, um uh you're playing here locally, but you've played with some of the biggest names out there, you know, so you have the experience of of uh I guess seeing this this take place of going from different venue to different venue and and the, and getting paid um you know how how does how do you think how do you make that happen like to get those bigger dollars is it is it just to have the lesser bands not play or
1: well my analogy uh, just spoke to uh, what I was saying between uh um uh people who are not that good who uh demand lower money of a, of a of uh a bar owner uh than the people who are of the really good band. And all I'm trying to say is that you can't get everybody on the same page at the same time. So what I was talking about is why people coming together uh, on planet Earth to make this this uh, paradise okay. that everybody keeps thinking it's yeah. going to be. Yeah, I mean, that would work great. It's a great idea um, if you could get everybody together, but history has just proven that you can't, yeah. you know? So so, yeah, I mean, it goes to your point about individualism. You, yeah, you, have, to, on a, you have to make your connections on an individual basis, okay? Um, you know, you may not be able to, to, you personally may not be able to have an effect on the world, but you might be able to have an effect in your world. That means everybody that you know and everybody that you interact with and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then maybe their world can interact because of your interactions with them. Right. Then they would change how they interact in their world, in their yeah. circle. Of friends yeah. Or well,
0: I would people. take like our relationship yeah. or like our neighborhood yeah. as an example. Yeah. Like this is a very, uh, I don't. would you just call this a mixed neighborhood or, I mean, it's definitely more white than black for yeah. sure. Yeah.
1: Um, it's got some chocolate chips in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely.
0: But how does that make you like what's that I don't know I guess that's like a I See, don't know if it's if it's a hard question to ask Black or being people like, have
1: always been outnumbered. Yeah. This is America. Yeah. I mean, you know, you like yeah, you can live you can live in an all black uh part of town, all black neighborhood. You know, but you still have to go to to Walmart. You still got to go. You know what I'm saying? You got to go to places where the predominant um, um, patronage, majority of people, are having to be white. You know, so, I mean, it's no no real, it's the way we live. It's the way we live in America. Right. You know, it's before you put your hand on the door, you have to take a deep breath because somebody during the day is going to remind you that you're black. Right. Whether it is pushing chains at you across the counter, not taking it out of your hand, or uh, not looking you in the eyes when they're talking to you, or following you around the store, can I help you, can I help you? Yeah. Yeah, you know, that that kind of deal. I mean, that shit still goes on on a daily basis.
0: Yeah. And
1: then you got, you know, these assholes riding around this pride boy bullshit, riding around Portland and stuff, you know, uh, jocking on people, you know, and eventually they're gonna they're gonna pick on the wrong folks. Oh, people are gonna and, butt and, heads, and, and that's gonna be that's gonna be it for them. Yeah, yeah, cause ain't nobody gonna tolerate that bullshit anymore. This is not. This 50s, the fifties, the forties, the thirties, when the Klan is riding through the street and hoods and shit, because everybody got guns now. So you can ride through here if you want to, but you better duck. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you know, them days, I don't know what they, how they even think that shit's gonna work, because it's not gonna work, because everybody's strapped. You know. I uh, I just think so, it's just
0: it it's like uh, there's a sense of like uneducated or they're just.
1: Yeah, uh, but you know, it's, it's always the uneducated, the starship. Idiot. yes, idiot. And, and get other people killed yeah. and get people shot up or, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it. you might say that it's a small margin, but it's always a small margin that's going to, you know, start trouble and stuff. Hitler was just one country trying to take over the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, and he was dead serious about that shit. You know? So you gotta pay attention to the little troublemaker. You gotta pay, you gotta, you gotta know where they are. You, you know? How do you like,
0: how do you feel, or what do you do? So You must, so you, I guess what I'm asking is you must have like a gauge or when you meet people, whether it's anybody, but especially like white dudes or white people, right? Is there like, do you have like a, it's, I'm just trying to think like when we met, I was just like, yo, what's up? Like it definitely was like, hey. I don't really have. Um, like a barometer? Yeah, I like mean, a... I don't. I don't. I, I know there's like what you're saying. There's like that. Um, whether you're ignoring or not looking, or people are like, uh oh, or that. Because like my parents had, or like my parents and my grandparents, they came from like, we grew up in New Jersey, New York. And there always was like a sense of like separation for sure, you know? But I never knew whether it was coming from them or coming from other people um because you know it's like more and more now like the whole thing is like you're being told especially being like a white dude with like gray hair like I when i think about the people saying like white dudes or white uh white man you know these days like i'm like that's like like i'm like the poster child for like you know i'm like god damn it like what the fuck you know yeah. it's just like graying hair white dude like 40 years old and it's like that's the dude i'm like oh shit you know uh so it's just interesting. Like, I don't have, uh, I don't know. Like a prerequisite? Well, I don't know. Like, when I meet people, I'm always, like, I, it just doesn't go. It's not the first thing that comes to my mind. is isn't, like, if you're black or Indian or white. Uh, it's definitely, like. When we're talking, I can tell right away you're like a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, oh yeah, shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah. I and guess
1: that's five minutes of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> totally.
0: And there's a lot of like, you know, especially like the transient community around here. There's a lot of like criminals and a lot of like these like white thuggy kids who think they're gangsters or something. I don't know what it is. It's like this like cultural blend. That I can't, if I start to define it, I can't, I can't because it's and just some it's of those kids stupid.
1: are just wilding out because their yeah. parents got cheese you know and living up on the hill somewhere right yeah
0: and they're just camping down on the the slough yeah yeah just shit. they
1: don't want to take out the chores take out the trash or do chores or or whatever you know still got Mm. a trust fund though
0: yeah yeah yeah, and it's like i don't know what's going on portland man
1: now you know look um if one side You know, I can't in in this business. I have to give everybody a shot. I mean, you know, especially as as a musician. Right. You know, you got to professional. See, you got to see what you know they bring to the table and stuff like that. I mean, that's my that's the criteria as a musician um, that I have to have. I have to give everybody a shot and see whether or not they. can, Hang or cut it or play or what have you, you yeah. know? Because a lot of people can say that they can play, and then you find out that they can't play. Or a lot of people don't say anything, and then you find out they're a beast, you know? So I mean, it, it, you're pleasantly surprised that way. So that that's my criteria as a musician, as a black man. Yeah, I sleep with one eye open. Yeah. Cause, again, like that dog that keeps getting beat. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. And you know, you keep saying, "Come here, Scruffy," and every time Scruffy comes over, you smack him. You know, well, that's the same way in America. You know, it's like, you know, white people got to have their arms out to embrace black people. So what's coming? The smack, the kick? What's what? What's gonna come? So, y- you know, there's there's some trepidation. You know, there's some anxiety. Um, when meeting nice white people because it's always followed by a stab a kick a smack a slight uh you know that kind of stuff yeah you know um cortez went to mexico you know and as soon as he saw the goal you know he came there oh you know you know uh, welcome my brothers, and you know, that kind of stuff. As soon as they find gold, they start slaying everybody, start cutting, killing everybody, you know? So, you know, like that song, smiling faces, you know? Yeah, so, and that's a survival technique.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, that's what it is, you know? Um, and then, you know, again, but it, but it happens on both sides. I know black people who are fighting over, an inheritance like the mom died or dad died, and the brothers and sisters are going at each other's throat and stuff like that you know so that's not just a white thing
0: right people
1: um you know fighting black folks fighting about you know where mom should go like I grew up with great grandma and crazy uncle Eddie in the house you know always you know as they get older you take care of them because they took care of you don't put them in a home you know but now you know that now that that uh practice is in the black community, you know, so again uh, um insanity runs on both sides of the fence, you know, and you just have to keep an eye on it yeah. for it, yeah. Uh, you know um, Well shit
0: goes down I'm, The first place I'm coming Is your place You better let me in <laughs> I'm going right Straight over there Chuck let me fuck in It's happening <laughs> you put,
1: you have to put Blood on the doorpost totally. you know? <laughs> Help me drag
0: my Get my drum kit Help me get my cymbals in here yeah. Shit I hope I don't want shit to go down I mean Yeah it's I man. mean Yeah But unfortunately well, Some of that shit's been going around gotta, like, I've been hearing like, like there's like Civil war You know It's always like people are like Next civil war is gonna happen You're like Jesus Christ you know, like that just Even if it's if it's just in the in the air and you're hearing it, there's some energy to it. You know, it's like if you can think it, it's on YouTube well, or it's, yeah. it's on the internet. You well, know
1: you it. got a president says it. all you have to do is say
0: it. Oh, well, Jesus, yeah, so
1: that's at, and that's how he's grooming folks now. Yeah, They're all you know, the, his thing is like, all right, let's go get him. You know, um, but again, like I said. I, There are almost 400 million people here. So and just like the worldwide population, uh, Caucasians only represent 10% of that. 90% of the world is people of color. So the numbers. You know, yeah, uh, almost like a zombie movie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, know you got all you got these few brave souls that want to fight against hordes, hordes of rampaging <laughs> zombies. You know, so uh, yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting if it goes down. Yeah, you know for sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. gonna be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's but right. again, it's the way humanity has been going.
0: Right, and we're tying it back I'm, I'm into
1: that. I'm not. You know, we're not just by us talking about. It. We're not creating this situation. Oh no. What I'm saying, the creation is all. It's already in play. You know, it's. It'd, it'd be cool if cooler heads prevail, or if some intelligence started to happen. Some real intelligence. Well, what are
0: your thoughts about how, like, the Bible started and all that, and, like, going back even further? Like, you mentioned the people haven't been here for just 6,000 years, and I have, like, I've looked into or, you know, read about civilizations that are going back, you know, 12, 15, 30,000 years before that, you know?
1: 25,000. You know,
0: and some of that history of, like, that was passed up as well, you know? I mean, they they must have had the same experiences. Like, things have come and gone, right? There are civilizations that were here, bunch of people. And, like, where the fuck did they go? You know what I mean? Or what is that? Like, how does, like, what does the drop off of knowledge or words or just anything that's, like, historical? Because we had, like, the... It's, it's funny, because here we are sitting here, we got microphones and shit, streaming, website, you know, like...
1: Where'd that technology come from?
0: That as well, yeah, but back then when you didn't have... When you just had word of mouth in a book, you know, it was like the Bible was like the original, whatever, like social media, you know, like, hey, have you checked out my, check out this shit? And people were like, oh, wow, this must be true, you know? Yeah. I don't yeah. know, it's crazy, because shit, te- like math, all that, like, goes way back, man. You Dude,
1: know? well, again, you, you got to start in the cradle of civilization, in the Nile Valley. Yeah. I and mean, that's where all people came from. So everybody's African, all the contributions are African. The Moors brought the system of university and colleges to Europe. Um, Language, math, all of those were Phoenician and, and Egyptian. Um, contributions
0: to to, uh,
1: man communicating with man on earth. Yeah. So we have a saying in the black community that the deeper you dig, the deeper down you go in civilization, the blacker civilization gets. But it's hard for you to be the dominant force or the dominant religion or the people on top. If you subscribe to the notion that everybody's equal, you have to, somebody's gotta be on top. And white people seem like there's nothing they won't do in order to be on top or stay on top. And so all of the narratives that they put out to the world are championed by white face. Again, like Jesus. Right. So if you go to the basilica, if you go to Rome. And see, another thing too is people don't travel. You know, you got all these people here and it is ignorance because they've never been anywhere. They haven't gone, oh, we're American. Yeah. Have you been here? Well, no, no. What do you want to go there for? And if they do, if Americans do go to another country, they don't bother to take time to learn the language of another country. They just want to speak English louder and then make fun of the person in that country mm-hmm. why they didn't understand what it is that they're talking. Because they speak French, you idiot. And how come you didn't learn French before you came over here? You know, it just makes you a loud, just saying it louder just makes you an, a loud idiot, you know. Uh, and it's true, the ugly American. I, you know, I see them, those cats, man, and I just want them running high, you know. Don't even want to be around that because it, it's just, it's stupidity. And it's the same stupidity, it's, it's rooted here. And they take that same stupidity abroad.
0: Well, people are getting dumber and dumber.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, it, but in a, in an era of technology, how crazy is that?
0: I think it's built that way. I think that's the setup. Yeah, I think how, that's the how fix. How crazy
1: is that? Yeah. When we're in an era of information and people are getting dumber and dumber.
0: Oh, well, if you turn off like the satellites and had no more like Google Maps, people couldn't drive or find their way. There's no more like. There's no more maps. You know, or you can still get a map, but people don't use maps or but, just know the direction, know the way around. Right. That's the whole other conversation you can get into like before. You know, pick the year that the Internet started or before really everything, the iPhone started, you know, and the generations that were, you know, I feel like I'm right. I was right on that wall, like being 44, 45, you know, I saw the, you know, we had typing class, you know, we learned how to type and then we got like the one computer the whole school shared and then we saw it and like Atari came out and all that stuff started happening Yeah. and you were just like, we're going to. I'm gonna have a hoverboard someday. You know, like that was it. like hoverboard was it. (laughs) I I thought the
1: same thing. I thought, you know, in in the year here we are, 2020. I thought we'd be in flying cars like the Jetsons, right? You know,
0: I mean, they're close with the drones. You know, with like a personal carrying, like little drone and stuff. But yeah, shit. Is that going in back to your book? Is that a lot of that? Like, are you? Is that, are there some truths in here? That is, it just for fun? No, like fun? no.
1: This is all. This is all truth. This is okay. There's a lot of me in the book. Okay. Well, because I put myself in every one of these situations and reacted the way that I would, and I'm coming from a, a, a position of common sense. That term you don't hear very much anymore. Uh, My mom always says that common sense is not common because everybody doesn't have it. So, um, it's, you find yourself in a situation you didn't ask to be in. And then you have people who are coming after you in that situation for different reasons that you don't want to interact with them in that way. So, you're constantly on guard, on the lookout, um, trying to assess the situation. Um, uh, The Marine Corps has a slogan, adapt, improvise, overcome. So That's kind of what you have, I mean, that's the way you kind of have to look at stuff, you know. Again, this craziness has been going on since we got here, you know. Um, we've been taking advantage of each other. I mean, yeah, it's gotten, with cryptocurrency, the the, the the fast rate in which money is exchanged today and stuff like that, thievery, you know, and, and burglary and... and, and just f- flat-out theft. It happens in microseconds now. You know, people are to be able to transfer huge amounts of money to the Bahamas, to the Caymans, and stuff like that. You know, the amount of greed and 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 how quickly it can be done, and then erase without a trace, so that you can't find it. You know, I mean, the 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 only the best strategy that Trump had was that. He knew that he was going to have some opposition on the Hill. So he just went in and bought everybody. He put money in people's pockets immediately uh, in order to get people support. You know, can I get you support on this? He's like, well, yeah. What do you need? He's like, well, you know, these EPA standards are killing me. You know, it's costing me millions and millions of dollars just to keep the water clean that's coming out of my company. And Trump's like, okay, well, if you help get me elected then I'll make sure that that goes away and then you'll be able to dump that nasty water wherever you want to. And that's exactly what he did. And so, that cat not having to pay those millions and stuff, all that money goes right into his pocket. So Trump immediately put millions and millions of dollars in people's pockets by getting rid of shit. Uh, uh, Regulations that protect Americans. But, you know, it's good for the 1% of Americans who are raping everybody and taking you know, everybody's money, all their Social Security, they want to call it an entitlement. But what if we take your Social Security? Oh, no, I work for that. Well, so did we, and we worked longer, you know. Um, people only want to be politicians for the perks, because they can get next to the money people, they can get next to the diamond people, to the gold people, you know. Again, it's all for personal gain. It's, they're, not, they're not, nobody's looking out for Ameri- that whole thing about we're we're doing this for the American people—that's bullshit. Yeah. The American people yeah. they're talking about is their niece, their daughter, their wife, their father, their mother. Those—that's the Americans that they talk about. They're not talking about the rest of Americans outside of their family yeah. or their cronies.
0: There's so much... They're all tied together, too. All the business deals... There's always one person on some board that got hired from here and hired from there. The, his, the whole cabinet is all full of people who were working on other places, and now they're like, hey, come on over here. The you whole be thing
1: more. is corrupt, right? A, it's a game.
0: So it's what does just, it do, though? How does it stop? It's, how, it's is a Does is it, is it just go... Yeah, how does it... Yeah, it's not going to stop. People aren't going to vote it out of stopping, right?
1: Well, see, that's... Then when you start talking... When you understand that, then that's why people... Uh,
0: Then like only fifty percent of the country votes.
1: That's why people are talking the the civil war stuff. Yeah. Because if you can't bring people to the table to discuss stuff, then the only other way to change it is violently.
0: This conversation is no. I didn't think we were gonna go. This is the best. This is what I love about talking though. You just get you can get into discussions and uh, just having an open discussion.
1: Well, I mean. yeah, it's, you and I can going to have an open discussion. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that, yeah, there needs to be more opportunities for this to happen. Right. Everybody should be talking with everybody else. You know, fear is the one thing, fear is what makes, you know, what, fear is the thing that makes you act violently or reluctantly, or cautiously with with somebody else because you don't know them. You don't know who they are. Uh, once you know them, that fear goes away. You know, you knock on my door like the first time. Sorry, I keep messing with That's that. That's right. Uh, you knock on my door the first time. I'm coming to the door and I'm like, "Yo, what's up? You know, who are you? Yeah. You know, but." after we hung out and you know had some beers or whatever next time you come to the door it's like oh eddie what's up man come yeah. on in you know it's that kind of deal yeah and so and that's and that's how people operate you know if i don't know you i'm not giving you nothing you know but if i know you like you're a good dude it's all love you know so you you have to get you have to have those kind of interactions in order to really know people. Yeah. You know, you you have a lot of people talk about well I'm not racist. And my next question is well how do you know you're not racist? Do you regularly sit down, have, you know, have a sit down with black people? Do you go to lunch with them? You go to dinner with them? You have them hang out at your house? You go hang out over their house? Y'all kicking it, yeah. you know, sitting around playing Xbox or whatever, you know, go to games together whatever. Yeah. How much how do you know you're not racist if you don't have any uh, interactions with people from another race? But all you have is opinions, but you don't have anything to back it up. You don't have any proof to your opinions either, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, they're all suppositions. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and that's how you get lynch mobs and all the other kind of stuff because, you know, nobody's even stopped to say, wait a minute. No, nobody in that crowd was says, well, well, hold on a minute. No, nobody's even done that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody even does that. Yeah. So, again, when you can have that kind of dialogue, that kind of conversation with yourself and other people, then we might get to a place where we can actually... Have a conversation so we can know each other, trust each other, that kind of stuff. Have a history. You know, trust comes with history history of action. Absolutely. And so I have a couple of friends of mine that I know. And here's how I judge my friends that if I can call you in the middle of the night and say, yo, I need you to come bail me out of jail. The next voice on the phone says, where you at? I'll come get you. Not, what did you do? Not, what happened? Not, you know what I'm saying? You're on board. Whatever it is, whatever it is, I got you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was, uh.
1: And so I have some people in, in my camp that I can do that to. And those are my friends.
0: I'd bail you out. When you call me when you're like, Eddie. I can't I can't sit up. You like my back fuck with my back. Yeah, that was <laughs> it came, Come get me! Come over here! Like that was—I felt honored. I was like, I, like Courtney was like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "Chuck needs me." She's like, "Oh man, go!" What's going on? You're like, happening happened." Oh am back. Oh I can't get up. God. Walk. Help I, me walk the dogs. That felt. I wanted. To, I'll say thank you for that. Felt good.
1: Yeah. Well, that it felt good that I I had somebody that I could call and and rely on to right. trust to show up. Right. You know, you might make phone calls to some people and say, you know man," it's like, "Oh man." If it was any other day but today, well, today is when I need right you. Right now. <laughs> I need you right here, right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. But we boys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm here anytime you need me. Yeah. Same here, bro. Yeah. It's interesting, man. It's interesting times. There's so a... anyway,
1: I'm I'm trying to, um, <clears throat> um, if anybody wants a copy of Endangered Species. Yeah, where can we find it? Um go to just email me here's the deal is because i'm tired of being exploited yeah we're, i'm uh, the percussionist in the band uh, we're called lowrider band now but we were called war uh, people remember it from like lowrider and
0: the like song hey, lowrider we yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. world is a ghetto all day music yeah we're that band but our manager jerry goldstein stole the name from us in 1990, well, started in 97, was finalized in 99. And he stole the name and forbid us from using the name War. Uh, can't say former members of War, can't say formerly of War, can't, nothing. Can't use WAR. So we struggled and struggled to, to gain some traction because you lose the name, you lose, you know, everything. And, uh, and then eventually we called ourselves the Lowrider Band after the song Lowrider, which they use on the George Lopez show. Mm-hmm. So everybody hears George Lopez, they hear Lowrider, and now they go, ah, oh, the George Lopez show. So uh, that name started to gain t- traction and stuff, but we're nowhere near we were when you were we war. had the name War. And, uh, however, the keyboard player, Lonnie Jordan, left our group and went with Jerry Goldstein. And said, we're like, well, hey, man, we need to all stick together. He's like, well, Jerry got the name. I need to work. So So Jerry took Lonnie and got hired Nick's six new guys. And so now they're out touring as war. But they're not war. They're not the cats who wrote the tunes. The dude who wrote it is Howard Scott. And Howard Scott's in a lowrider band with me. Lee Oscar, the white harmonica player that's been playing harmonica since the Eric Burton days, is in a lowrider band with me. Harold Brown, the original drummer, who's on all the albums, recorded all the music, he's in Low Rider band with me. B.B. Dickinson, the original bass player, is still alive, he was in the Lowrider band. So, uh, uh, they did a comparison, uh, Rolling Stone magazine did a comparison with all the the. Groups they have broken off into like splinter groups, but are still parts of the same mm-hmm. group, like Asia, like John Fogarty, right, like right, right. in, in yeah. And so they said, um, so the difference between the Low rider Band and War is that the Low Rider Band is more legit because we got more of the original members. And so,
0: yes, yeah, so that's why you don't want to get. So you're talking about emailing you for the book.
1: Yeah. So and you're
0: like handling it yourself. Like why?
1: Well, because because. Uh, because Jerry stole the name, and then he stole all the royalties. Okay? So you know the people who did all the work, all the musicians, he, t- he convinced the judge that he loaned the name to the seven musicians who played it for 50-some odd years or whatever. Which is a bunch of crap. The only reason he, he did that, he changed the name so he could get the money. Okay? So again, it's always promoters, managers, agents, who take advantage of the, pe- of the real talent and they take most of the proceeds or profit. What, for advertisement, for promotion, for all this other kind of stuff. But again, they're all pimping the talent. The the person who actually wrote the play, wrote the, the movie, wrote the book, you know, made the music, you know, that kind of stuff. So I had it in Amazon, but Amazon, like on a dollar, I was getting like 10 cents on a dollar. And all the rest of it went to like advertising and all that stuff. So you know, they kill, they're they killing you in fees, and they—they they don't do anything.
0: Right, they're so just a service.
1: People need to contact me at drchuk60 Dr. at gmail.com. That's Doctor Chuck C H U K sixty at gmail.com. Just send me uh, the book is fourteen ninety nine uh three fifty for shipping and I'll get it right to you and you can enjoy and take the, the ride with me. It's a great book and uh I know some there's some people who I have my eye on in Hollywood too so I can get this on the screen because it's an original idea. It's not Robocop ten or Freaky Friday seven right. or now they're bringing Godzilla back. It's like there's no original ideas in Hollywood whatsoever. they just
0: repackaging this it. Is so. a
1: re, this is an original idea. This is not repackaging anything. This is like, it's a blockbuster. Yeah. And so if people want to make this happen or they just want to read the book, have a good read, it's a great read. You know, It's 250 pages. It's a great read. It'll take you on a wild ride.
0: Chuck, I'm so glad you came over here to share some of your story. I, I'd love to have you back over too and talk man, again, man. To do it, man. Chuck Barber, endangered species. Uh, I'll see you uh, in the neighborhood on the dog loop.